Hi, welcome to This Property Life. My name is Mark Winship. I'm a property investor, coach, and mentor. This week, I'm joined by the amazing Caroline Claydon to well and truly shatter the myth that you should only be investing in property for capital growth. This is actually a really interesting area to dive into. I do find that property arguably more than any other industry is underpinned by some really hard wearing generational beliefs about property and how to make money from it. This can result in a one dimensional approach to investing that can cause many people to miss out on the potential to scale a property portfolio and use it to generate life changing amounts of recurring income. But before I give the game away too much, let's jump right into this episode. Caroline thanks for joining me how are you doing hi Mark good I'm good are you yeah I'm really good thank you yeah yeah so um we're chatting about um capital appreciation and um reasons to invest in property and I guess the perception that that maybe we all had uh before I guess there's a big difference for me between how I perceived property investing before I got educated and how I now see it and the perception that the only real reason to invest in property is for capital growth. Yeah. What are your thoughts on on that? I think traditionally that's how everyone um, thought property investing was. And uh, it might have something to do with, I don't know, the the inflation that hit from the 70s till maybe the 80s, something along those lines, where, you know, in the 70s, the average house price was what? like two three thousand pounds maybe four thousand pounds and then in the 80s it all like exploded or whatever and I think that might have sown the seed I don't know where it came from but I I always know that whenever I heard my parents talking as a child about property they would always talk about the good areas you know the areas where you'd get you know those increases yeah um and I, I think that's maybe what makes people think about property in relation to that capital growth yeah Yeah. and there were probably probably periods of time probably uh, different market conditions when it it was easier to achieve that 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 um, capital growth and easier to get into the market and to refinance properties quickly and you know all that side of things but I guess the bottom line is you don't know what you don't know right you know we did it so we, we were prior to sort of getting educated and starting property as a professional business, we we um, became accidental landlords of a, of a student-let property and um, we dumped a, dumped a load of equity in, into a deposit and um, just sort of crossed our fingers and, and hoped that at some point in the next 10 years or so, it would start to pay itself off. Yeah. Um, and that was really, that was property investing for us. You know, we thought, right, we're, we're doing this, you know, <laughs> we've made it here. Um, and in 10 years time, we might buy another one. Yeah. <laughs> but this is it. This is how you thought. You thought if you heard of someone with like more than five or six properties, you'd be like, oh my, that would be like mind blowing. Yeah, like, how are you doing this? You have? Yeah. How, how much money have you got to do that? But again, it's, I think a, Traditionally, people would think if they were in a job, you know, buy 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 a little flat in a good area or a little house in a good area, and then that will be their pension. And actually, when you think that through, okay, so if they hold it for say 30, 40 years, yes, it will definitely have gone up a lot um, in in capital appreciation. But then what? When you retire, mm. do you sell that and have that big lump sum of cash, and yeah. then just erode that away and hope that you? Yeah 
Yeah. Oh, you timed it right. Exactly. It's like, oh shit, if I actually live longer than this money, then that's a problem. <laughs> so I I don't really know how the that that process worked in people's heads if they just waited and then that that property's cash flow would yeah. uh, be their their pension or retirement or they'd sell it. I don't know, but I yeah. certainly the way we're doing it now I have to say clearly we're not knocking capital growth I mean you yeah. know where you can get capital growth it's brilliant and you know everybody's it, it comes down to your goals doesn't it it comes down to what you're trying to achieve and um uh and that may change as well so you know I can I can envisage a future it's not a priority for us right now but I can see a point in time where our goals may shift away from where they are now, which is income generation, to clawing back some of the equity stake in the properties. Maybe maybe we will switch some of them to repayment mortgages as opposed to interest only so that, you know, because then you're, you're thinking more legacy, you're thinking about, you know, your asset base, but there are, there are ways to invest in property um, quickly, relatively yeah. speaking, uh, where you can actually generate a life-changing income yeah. from the property and that's really what we're all about isn't it at the moment yeah. and and this is it so when the students initially first come to us and they maybe have that mindset of capital growth and they say oh you know if you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap but you just don't know how to do it then building an airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for right now in the uk there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. Um, but I know it's going to get, you know, it's going to go up a lot in value. It's yeah. like, but that, that, that capital appreciation isn't going to pay for your lifestyle now. And yeah. if you lost your job now, that yeah. house that's gone up by 20, 30, 40 grand, that, that's, that's not going to help you. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, people miss the, the threats that they're facing in their everyday life, that they need that income now for security yeah. and support than the, the 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 idea because let's face it it's just on paper isn't yeah. it that, yeah. that capital appreciation is it's nothing until you realize it which is selling yeah. it um and if you have like a catastrophic event not just in your life or maybe in the market something that you can't control maybe selling that property at its height of value is not going to be possible yeah all... i think that's the thing that scares me a little bit in a way about building a strategy purely around capital growth is how much of that is outside of your control yeah um, and how little influence you really have over that you know that yes you know there are traditionally good areas for um for capital growth but but even that is fluid o over time and to the thought that you could end up in a situation of you know, where actually the property's gone down in value and I'm no better off than when I started um, yeah. is, uh, you know, is, is not great. So 
it's the control element as much as anything. I think, you know, where you're investing for income generation, I feel like I have an influence over that. I can, I can change my strategy. I can rent a property by the room or even by the night if I want to increase the income that it generates. Yeah. I have a control over how I market the property, who manages it. You know, I've, I feel I've got a little bit more say in that than just park some money and cross my fingers and hope that the trend of property prices doubling every 10 years, which is what they say, that, that, yeah. that, that, that I time that correctly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, I, I, it's, this is why we're so strategy led, isn't it? When we're, yeah. when we're uh, looking at our own businesses and helping other people, because if you're strategy led, you are in control. You're making considered choices based on what you can control. You can't control what the market's going to do. You can't control what the government's going to decide. You can't control what the Monetary Policy Committee are going to do and the, uh, the overall economic outlook is going to be. You can't control any of that. Yeah. So um, that I like the fact that we actually keep an eye on it, but ignore a lot of it in, yeah. in a sense yeah. um, and, and focus on making the money right now because we can't we can't predict what's going to happen in the future and you know it makes me laugh every january i'm asked to do a webinar on my predictions for the year and i'm like it's such a waste of time doing that <laughs> webinar because i have no bloody idea what the market's going to do i can give an opinion but frankly that that that's value zero my opinion uh, the crystal ball of what the, the market's going to do is irrelevant and if you can get yourself armed with enough um, strategies and knowledge uh, and control that the market conditions don't affect you, then I think that is really where the control and the power comes from. Um, and and is the difference, I guess, between the amateurs and the guys who are doing it um, a little more professionally. Um, and it's funny, isn't it? It's not just about changing our own mindset and approach. It's about influencing the the, the understanding uh, and mindset of other people because we talk a lot about raising money from angel investors and how often is pretty much the first question going to be yeah but what are you going to do if the house mar housing market crashes you know what, what's going to happen then and you know trying to get across that you know once we've gone through the cycle of buy refurbish refinance and then onto an interest only mortgage to generate income which yeah. happens in the grand scheme of things over a relatively short period of time beyond that this is a buy and hold strategy. I, I don't really care whether the market goes up, down, left, right, sideways. It makes yeah. no difference to me because, like you said, it's all hypothetical until I realize until I sell the property. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's like I, um, I've always been quite uh, intimidated by the stock market. You know, yeah. you look at the, one of those charts and you're like, "Oh my goodness, that's <laughs> going to melt your brain if you're not quite yeah. analytical." But you can see trend lines, right? And I yeah. and I can see the trend lines because that's a bit more you know, take a step back from the tiny little candles. And property has that trend line of, you know, going up. But of course, it's going to have those candles of peaks and troughs when you look at the run up to 2007. And the trend was very much capital yeah. going up, 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 up. And like in any market, it has to expand and contract. And then 2008, that was the, the contraction. It went down. You know, people were losing their minds. Like, ah, oh, property market's crashing. It's a disaster. Then people are scared of going into that market. But when you look at the big picture and see the trend line over a 10, 20, 30-year period, actually, it, it stands to reason that those peaks and troughs are going to happen. And if you're not trading 
on yeah. the basis of it going up, yeah. then you're going to be safe long term because this is yeah. get rich for sure rather than get rich quick. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a different... Yeah, and, and it's about surrounding yourself with, with, with people who are like-minded people who are doing a similar thing, isn't it? Because we're all we all get started in this process and, and we're surrounded by people who love us, care about us, want to uh, give their opinion on the way we're doing it. And, you know, quite often that's family members and, and you, you described it as a generational thing. And I think there is an element of that. And, you know, it can feel a little bit like you're, you're, um, you're being a bit of a renegade because there's people around you saying, why, why are you investing there? Why, you know, why on earth, you know, the safe money is in, yeah. London or the Southeast or wherever it might be. And having the courage to forge your own path is, is key. And, and a lot of that comes from surrounding yourself with a network of people, getting educated, yeah. absolutely critical and surrounding yourself with, with, with people doing the same sort of thing that you are. Yeah. Nick and I, we often laughed about it because, um, you know, living, growing up in Edinburgh, Edinburgh obviously has, has its areas that really, have spiked in capital yeah. growth over the years and it, you know it, it's an expensive city um to buy property in and when we first started investing you know be, be it back in 2008 doing it properly um we our, our first investment area was Cumbernauld which is yeah. not the nicest <laughs> most salubrious of areas just outside of Glasgow and when we said you know to our parents like oh you know we're gonna we're buying these properties in Cumbernauld. You could see them like wince and turn their nose up, like what? Why there? And if they reacted like that, we knew we were buying for cash flow. We were doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If my mom ever showed any interest, like oh, that that's a nice area. I knew I was buying wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so do the opposite. Yeah. Uh, and, and buying for cash flow is the alternative, right? So so we shouldn't assume that everybody listening knows what we're talking about. So well, what is the alternative to, to buying for capital growth? And, and that you described it as buying for cash flow. So our model or, or the alternative model, if income is your priority, which is for a lot of people who are looking to get financial security to potentially give themselves options, which might be, um, you know, change their situation quit the day job, whatever, change their family circumstances, income is going to be the key to, to buying that time back for themselves. So this is very much around buying properties in areas where the rental demand is strong, where the, the potential to generate income through rental is, is, uh, is strong. And then actually pulling equity out of the property. So, so refinancing, releasing money from that so that you can cycle that money so you put it on an interest only mortgage so that you're maximizing the money in your back pocket from that property every month yes you're not paying down the asset but you're you're using it as a vehicle to generate income and then you recycle that those funds into more deals and that that's that's how we scale right that's how we can do you know two three four five six deals a year as opposed to two deals every decade yeah Absolutely. And look and looking at the investment areas based on the kind of house price ratio yeah. to rent. Yeah. Uh, and this is where London and Edinburgh yeah. fall down. You know, the price yeah. of having to secure that asset yeah. versus the rent that it commands, it just doesn't match up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, traditionally, I guess people would put their capital 
and dump it in a property as an asset and and then ride that speculative you know market trend for it to to go up and and that would then in their minds be a good return but it's not a great return if you're having to feed that beast every month exactly. then it becomes a liability if you're having to yeah. cover it on top of yeah. having that cash in there and there are many properties out there that you have to do that yeah um mm. when i was training out in hong kong in fact that's all they would do is they would buy for capital growth and they buy off plan even and you see this yeah. a lot where you have the shiny brochures, you can buy in phase one, but by phase six, when we've finished it, it's going to be worth like a hundred grand more. Mm. And that you're taking that on the basis of the developer's word yeah. and the market supporting mm. it. Um, and and then they would have to, you know, feed that beast as well. They wouldn't actually make any money from it. Yeah. And because that was culturally the norm in those in those countries, people would do it thinking it was a good investment. Yeah. Um, so that was that was quite a challenge going out there and showing actually you you don't need to 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 lump all your cash into it and then yeah. feed it every month. That's that's actually a massive liability. It's not it's going to hurt you. Yeah. Um, it, it comes back to your goals, doesn't it? Because other than what we've said about the fact that capital appreciation is largely out of your control, other yeah. than that, there's nothing necessarily wrong with buying a property that's ready to rent and and you, you're just putting some money into it and and, and letting it tick along but yeah, if you're doing that thinking that that's going to be that's going to support your family that that's going to generate a, a, an income for you uh as you move through life it's it's just not it's not quick enough is it it's you can't quite, scale you just literally can't. not scalable yeah not scalable um, at all and when you look at businesses you have you have to look at where's the growth potential yeah um you know so uh, and and take it away from property for a second if you if you were a dog walker for example and it required you to walk the dogs how do you scale that business because you're one person do you then subcontract out to other dog walkers and scale the business you know you're having to always think about where's the growth if you're relying entirely on yourself yeah. as a dog walker you break your leg you now can't walk your dogs and therefore you can't make any income yeah. Then you're 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 exposing yourself and risking risking yourself, particularly if you have just one property. Something happens in that that area. Mm. Um, maybe it starts going down in um, a sort of degeneration of an area. Mm. Something happens socioeconomically. You know, you've got all your eggs in one basket. The yeah. power behind scalability is you're diversifying. You're spreading your risk. Yeah. It's about being greedy and having more, 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 more. It's, it's sensible business, isn't it? Just yeah. making sure that you don't have all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's not that capital, the capital value of a property is not important to us. It's, it's, it's critical to our model that we are buying uh property that is undervalued because potentially it's uh it's a little bit worse for wear you know it's distressed and we're adding value to that that's critical to our model that's what allows us to refinance pull out that money but that but we are going to put we that money serves us better 
going into another income generating asset than being left in in that one that one property and we can force the capital gain so you could you know in certain circumstances you can put an extension on a property or you can turn a property from one thing into another thing so you can change its use and that potentially has a significant impact on its on its actual value but you have control over all those things this is not okay. uh, cross your fingers <clears throat> Yeah, and we're doing it in a relatively short space of time. So, again, yeah. traditionally, you're waiting 10 you know, decades for it yeah. to significantly increase. We're looking at a six to 12 month period where yeah. we're increasing the value to the value that we want it or need it to be yeah. to then get our money out and move on to the next. Yeah. And after that, any capital growth is Brucey bonus. It's not yeah. something that we need or yeah. require but I think you're right Mark when you said at the beginning when you've been in this process for a number of years you will change your strategy there will be yeah. properties that you look at and say you know those are the jewels in my crown that yeah. I want to maybe do a capital and interest uh, mortgage on it yeah. because actually we can then be a lot more flexible with maybe putting them into a trust or putting them offshore yeah. or you know the legacy the generational wealth creation then kicks yeah. in yeah um, and it's it's around it's it's how your goals evolve over time, what your priorities are, and how your strategy changes to fit that. So we do have a couple of properties now that are on capital repayment mortgages, and that's because uh, within that property we're running a serviced accommodation strategy where we know the income is high enough to support that. Yeah. So we're able to a certain extent get the, the best of both worlds. And don't get me wrong, that's a nice feeling that we are gaining equity, if you like, by by paying that off. But but it wasn't the priority. It wasn't the focus around why we did that. Um, so that's, it, it's just being clear on, on your goals and find, we talk about this all the time. Don't be the right way to do things. Yeah. You focus on your goals first and then you find a strategy that works. If your goal is to, I want to quit my job in 18 months, then putting down a 40 grand deposit on a property that needs no work doing to it and renting it out. And that's all the money you've got in the world. Yeah. it's not going to get it done it's not going to get it done and I, I i like that whole uh, concept of the capital and interest payments on some of your properties as you've got a little bit more comfort there because not only are you increasing the cash flow because the debt is going down yes. yeah. your debt your debt ratio over your entire portfolio is really healthy and in yeah. a market where things become a little tricky so if we like turn back time and repeat yeah. 2008 2009 2010 yeah. where lenders get very very twitchy about yeah. um, lending to investors they will start looking at your debt ratio across your business yeah. and i remember just before we went into 2008 crash now i i i had a, a few properties but i was a complete amateur i was i was i was being an idiot putting deposits in leaving them there and, and just waiting you know waiting for it to 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 rent um I wasn't even aware that people were doing this daylight bridging at 95% loan to value and they could like buy it on a bridge in the morning, refinance it after lunch yeah. on an interest only at 95%, bosh, bosh, bosh. And they had, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, hundreds of properties. But the time that 2008 came along, no one will touch them. Yeah. They will get no lending. The yeah. value of their properties dropped. So now they're in negative equity. It was yeah. just like... These guys who are filling their boots when things were easy-oozy, 
suddenly had shot themselves in the foot. And that's always been in the back of my mind that if the market gets a little bit too easy with the lending and, you know, all of that, you have to, you have to be aware. So that keeping your leverage, as we call it, your debt versus Mm. the value of your portfolio to a a really sensible level, 75% is is right. Um, There, there will come a time and I, I reckon it's probably in the not too distant future where the the ninety percent loan to value buy to let mm-hmm. mortgages will come back in, and you're going to see yeah. lots and lots of investors pile into the market, thinking, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I only need a ten percent deposit. Yeah. That's a lot easier." Yeah. Um. Uh, and it's only going to be a matter of time before yeah. they get hurt. Yeah. So, I think yeah. that's key, isn't it? Is is to be clear on what we're not saying. What we're not saying is that we're all about leveraging to the hilt. And uh, releasing every single penny from the deal so that you can make money from it. And uh, in in the same way that people hope for capital appreciation, we're just praying that there's not a market crash. It's not about that at all. It's about making sensible investments where we're building in the safeguards with regards to fluctuations in the market so that we can still we can we can generate income from these properties for life, potentially. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's all about, I guess, being really sensible, controlling everything from the beginning, isn't it? Because we we tell our students, you make your money when you buy it, make your money when you buy it. It doesn't matter what's going to happen to it after that. Yeah. um, Because it's cash flowing so healthily, you know, the only time you're really going to get into bother is if you're negative equity and negative cash flow. That's a very, very painful position to be in. Yeah, yeah. and so keeping your eye on both of those is is important. Cool. Well, do you know what? I think I think we've squared that off nicely. I think that, you know, I think hopefully that's clarified a, a few things in people's minds. And and if anyone's listening to the, this that um, you know hasn't started investing in property and and maybe was coming into it curious as to how the, the stories that they see on social media and on our Facebook page and these people doing multiple deals, how that is possible. Uh, and, and how it works so but I think coming back to the key message really is get educated you know really uh, we've given a, a an absolute overview of the the principle of how it works but obviously there's there's a lot of a lot of moving pieces a lot of things you need to understand about that so get yourself educated in that strategy um, and surround yourself with the right community with with other people who are doing things the way you're doing because the reality is you may not always get the the support or the understanding from people around you who maybe you know don't have experience in that area yeah the old traditional thinking is not necessarily the right way yeah that was great great stuff thanks caroline thanks for your input as ever and i will speak to you soon always a pleasure thanks yeah Has that changed your perspective on investing in property? I know it certainly did mine when I first got educated in ways to use property to create an income stream for my family. To network with countless other investors, all of whom are doing exactly what we've just talked about, then head on over to the Property Wealth System community on Facebook. There is also some amazing content over on the Property Wealth System YouTube channel. So go and hit the subscribe button so that you never miss another update over there. Are you enjoying the podcast? If so, we would love it if you have a minute to leave us a quick review on your podcast platform of choice. It would mean the world to us, but it also helps other people to discover the podcast too. Thanks again for listening, and I will catch you on the next episode.